Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Extra Point Podcast. My name is Todd Stiles. I'm one of the pastors here at First Family Church. Today's Tuesday, February 20th. Really glad you're tuning in. And as always, our Extra Point Podcast is designed to bring some extra insight, further application, maybe deeper observation into the current series we're preaching in, or even last week's text. We are in a seven-week series called Living Proof, and we are connecting the fruit of the Spirit and the kingdom of God. This really is the gist of Galatians 5, 16 through 24. We're focused specifically on verses 22 and 23, where the fruit of the Spirit is listed. And so we're going through those. We're seeing, however, that what matters most is the source of the fruit, i.e. the Holy Spirit, not necessarily the fruit. We say it like this, uh, when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, it's the Spirit that's first, the fruit second. And so we're seeing the wonderful ministry of the Holy Spirit in bearing His fruit in our life. And I want to, on this episode of the Extra Point Podcast, to take a minute and look at another aspect of the Holy Spirit's work in us. It is connected to spiritual gifts, um, we're, our series is about spiritual fruit, I want to take a moment and just look at one aspect that may be tied to spiritual gifts. Again, it's all about the work of the Spirit in our life. And I want to draw it from Colossians. So we're not tied to last week's text per se, but we are still staying in the theme of the Holy Spirit and His work in us. I find a very intriguing phrase in Colossians 3.16. Here's the verse uh, we're instructed to let the word of Christ dwell richly among us in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And so the instruction there is to let the word of Christ dwell richly among us. Uh, and three ways that that happens is through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's how we're teaching and admonishing each other. Um, and so the Word lands in us through at least these three ways. And those three ways mentioned, of course, are psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. These are things that are sung to God with gratitude, the last phrase says. Now, that what's, what's interesting is in those three phrases, I am intrigued by the uh, category spiritual songs. Now, now, what that is most literally is songs from the Spirit. It's really a phrase of source, songs by the Spirit. What I think they're referring to is my opinion. I think it's referring to a spontaneous, you could even say impromptu, maybe extemporaneous. But I like the phrase a spontaneous musical expression or a spontaneous song given by, prompted by, we may even say gifted by the Holy Spirit. This is not on par with Scripture. It's not divine revelation. It would simply be a, a moment or maybe a, a working of the Holy Spirit bringing someone um, a, a song, a musical expression. We may even say a poetic uh, musical um, song that they could share with the body. And it is one way the Word of God dwells in us richly. It ministers to the church. It glorifies the Lord, edifies the gathering. Um, so this is what I think it's referring to here, songs from the Spirit. And so this is why I tend to think this phrase, spiritual songs or songs from the Spirit, songs by the Spirit, 
It's either possibly a, another spiritual gift, or maybe it's an expression of an existing spiritual gift we know about, such as maybe exhortation or encouragement or teaching or mercy. I, I suspect a number of gifts could be expressed through a musical song sourced by or given by the Spirit. Or maybe this is actually a spiritual gift. I think we can disagree on that and converse about that, have debate about that, and still remain great friends. I just am really intrigued by this phrase because it shows us that the Holy Spirit's doing a work in us in helping us really bring the Word of God to bear upon lives in ways, in this text, that is musical, a spiritual song. I want to bring some further credence to this, and then I'll tell you a quick story that would— um, I think even amplified this this verse, but a, a quick additional point of evidence is that in 1 Corinthians chapters 11 through 14, which I think are the greatest passage of instruction concerning church services and spiritual gifts and how they work together, there's a phrase in those four chapters that Paul uses. He says, when you come together and you bring a song, a hymn, a revelation, he lists a few items that that he almost assumingly knows the church is going to bring when they come to meet together. It's like he assumes, he's expecting them to come prepared or at least willing to participate with how the Holy Spirit may gift them in that moment. And so the phrase he uses is, again, not presumptuous in a negative way, but a very positively assuming kind of posture he takes that when you come together and some of you bring a hymn, one of you brings a revelation, one of you brings a song, um, a word. I wonder if that verse and this verse, when you mold them together, you begin to see that this is a work of the Holy Spirit and that he gives the church a spontaneous, extemporaneous, or impromptu musical expressions that benefit the church. They help us understand God's Word. They help the Word of Christ to dwell in us richly, and so it glorifies the Lord. It edifies the body. These are all things empowered by the Holy Spirit, and a specific way that that happens is through this thing called a spiritual song or a song from the Spirit. Now, here's why I like this, because we should pursue these things. We should be open to how God gives them to His church that hasn't always been the case. In fact, just back up for a bit, historically, to the 1700s. Uh, I'll share with you a very intriguing story. Around, um, I'd say, mid-1700s, of course, the, uh, there was a collection of churches operating under the Second London Confession of Faith, a fantastic confessional document. And so these churches who were operating under that Confession of Faith, this is probably— around the time of Isaac Watts, uh, before the time of John Newton, but it's in this time of some of these, you know, really old and valued hymn writers, these song writers. This collection of churches under the Second London Confession of Faith, they only allowed their churches to sing psalms, the first category mentioned in Colossians 3.16. They felt like they only wanted to sing the very words in Scripture. But there was also some churches who wanted to expand what they sang, and they wanted to sing hymns and spiritual songs. They wanted to sing things that would be written in the current moment. And so they formed a collection of churches. Um, they were in Philadelphia, 
And so they wrote a Philadelphia Confession of Faith. You can Google this and find it. Again, fantastic document, strongly uh, conservative, biblically confessional, uh, the Philadelphia Confession of Faith. But they added two things to the second London Confession of Faith, the first one being uh, the matter of laying on of hands, the second one being the singing of hymns, spiritual songs. Uh, they did not want to limit themselves only to psalms. And so they wrote, as part of this Philadelphia Confession, this, um, this element which that freed their churches to sing hymns and spiritual songs. I'd remind you, this is during the time frame of Isaac Watts, who wrote, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. It's prior to John Newton. He wrote Amazing Grace. So there were some fantastic hymns that we look at now and think they're old. We look at them as as valued and you know celebrated very strong doctrinal uh, statements and confessional songs and hymns. But in that culture, it took a new confession of faith for this certain collection of churches to be able to even not only sing those, but to be able to write those and to be, can I say it this way, to experience the work of the Spirit in bringing to the surface these spiritual songs and so I just want to say I'm so thankful not only for that moment in history, but for our own moments in which the Holy Spirit gives and empowers, and I'll even use this word, gifts members of the body with spiritual songs, impromptu, spontaneous musical lyrics and expressions, melodies that really convey the truth of God's Word, help us to... Uh, implant it richly in us and to live in it and to dwell on it. Uh, and then these are sung together by the body. And I'm th I thank God, yes, for the direct words of Scripture we sing in the Psalms, but also for hymns and spiritual songs. All three work together, and they're of the Spirit to help us dwell on God's Word. And, and this is just a beautiful moment, and I'm just so, I'm so, I'm so thankful for Yes, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And I want to encourage our body to continue to uh, walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. Yes, so that He will bear His fruit in us for sure, but also so that as He continues to gift us, when His gifting includes spiritual songs or songs from the Spirit, we will gladly and energetically and creatively uh, pursue and follow his leading for the good of the church and the glory of God and sing together so that the word of Christ dwells in us richly. Yes, the hymns and the psalms, and for sure, the spiritual songs, songs from the Spirit. And aren't you thankful for God the Holy Spirit and all the ways he works in us in his fruit-bearing ministry, in his gift giving ministry, and both of those are so expansive and so beautiful and so wide and so deep. They're transformative. Man, I just want to rejoice with you today and rejoice together collectively in the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and just say again this week, hallelujah for the Holy Spirit of God. Thanks for listening to the Extra Point Podcast. To find more content and resources to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus, go online to firstfamily.church resources.